Hello and welcome to episode number 43 of the Wisecast Podcast. I'm John Tortorelli with my co-host Brandon Capizello and Justin Wright. Today we are going to be previewing week 8 of the NFL season, talking about the Buccaneers versus Ravens tonight on Thursday night. The Packers going to Buffalo on Sunday, a place where they have never won. The Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland on Monday night and are pick them the best picks of the week while discussing Matt Ryan and more. How are you guys doing today? Feeling good, man. My Knicks are coming off of a W. We're 3-1, and one, so the, the New York fan in me needed some Ws after my Yankees got ousted. So, I'm happy. More October wins than the Yankees. <sighs> okay, John. The worst season of Brandon's football life continues, but we're going to push through. Why is that? It's just everything's gone bad from the players that I root for, the team that I root for, to my fantasy football. It's just, it's not, it's, uh, this year will be the year of forgetting for Brandon. I will, I will erase this from my memory when the season is over. For those who do not know, we recorded right before Monday night's game versus the Bears where, oh, you know, the Bears gave those pats good smacking on prime time. Uh, but starting off today, we have to discuss the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Justin, Bear and I had a long discussion about them on Monday, where ultimately we uh, we couldn't find a solution for this team. And going into tonight's matchup, short week, Tom Brady's the only one that was a non-participant in practice that we should expect to play. Mike Evans, not no participation. Carlton Davis, Cameron Bray recovering from that sprained neck. Luke Geeky, the uh, young guard. Akeem Hicks with his foot injury. And Julio Jones is perpetually questionable with a knee injury. The Buccaneers are three and four to start the season. I'm gonna kick it off to you first, B Cap. It's a must-win game for both of these two teams. What mm-hmm. is your biggest not takeaway? What are you expecting tonight's matchup? Oh. Oh. What do I expect? Honestly, I don't know what to expect because this season has been insane. Not even just for me, but I think you guys can agree. This season has been a little uh Weird, interesting uh, to start. Uh, you know, we're seeing two of the um, quarterbacks that have kind of reigned supreme over this league for the past decade, decade plus, and Tom and Aaron uh, having their struggles this season. But, I mean, there's so many injuries on this Bucks team. This, uh, I mean, you mentioned a few, but Sean Murphy Bunting's out. Carlton Davis is out. Antoine Winfield's out. Luke Kadecki is out. Russell Gage is out. Cameron Brait's out. Two people that are questioning are Julio, who is, like John said, I mean, <laughs> where are you, my friend? Like, it, it's just like the apparent, you're, it, he's a broken, he's broken down. We just got to call it what it is. He really is broken down. Uh, and Akeem Hicks, that would be a big plus for the Bucs if they can get him back because he was uh, him, he was there to kind of replace Indomitian Sue's uh, Su's role as kind of like that pure nose tackle to really stuff up the middle uh, with Vita Vea. Uh, on the on the uh, Raven side, Calais Campbell is out, um, but Peters, Humphrey, Gus Edwards, Bateman, and Mark Andrews are all questionable. Mark Andrews is a big, uh, interesting one because he had a terrible game last Sunday, um, and i get what what is it it's a neck injury or is it a knee injury with mark andrews i forget it's one of the two i think um but yeah th- this game 
I really don't know what to say about it because for me, it's just, I, I, I want to put my faith in Tom and Tampa to figure this out. And this Ravens defense, especially the past defense, has not been very good. So do I think Tom can have a big day? Yes. Is he going to need help from his defense, which has been atrocious the last four weeks, I, I would say, at least? Um, his run game has been non-existent since game one. Uh, Leonard Fournette is – where are you? They've got the 32nd-ranked rushing attack in all of football, 64 yards per game. The Bucks O-line, it's ranked dead last in pass blocking. But the one thing that is going for them, right, in this game is Lamar has been very bad for the past four weeks. These are Lamar's stats the last four weeks. 600 and, I don't know, that's either a four or a nine for me. My handwriting was bad there. 698 yards or 48 yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions, a 59% completion percentage, and a 46 QBR. They're very lucky to be two and two in that span. Um, I'm going to roll with the Bucks because I do believe that they can figure it out. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens uh, win tonight. I don't have much faith in the Bucks pick, if I'm going to be honest with you. Does not sound good for a guy that was uh, all in on this being a Super Bowl team. And I'm still, ago. but but here's my, here's here's what I will say, though. I'm not wavering from that pick, though. I still have the Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. I looked at their schedule last night, and I truly believe that they can finish 8-2. and two. I know they have tough games. They've got about five tough games that you would say could go either way, but they've also got um, another uh, three or four games that you would say are going to be – their last three games, I think, are all winnable. I think it's against Carolina, Atlanta, and Arizona. Just like their uh, games against the Steelers and Panthers, right? Yeah, but again, that was an early in the season and they're dealing with a lot of injuries. And I'm saying that I believe that this team will get healthy at the right time. Uh, Ryan Jensen will be back. Akeem Hicks is going to be back. The corners are going to be back. Winfield's going to be back. Uh, the O-line is going to create more chemistry as time goes on. Uh, I believe that they're going to make a move. I would like to see them, like we talked about on Monday, John, either go for a Brandon Cooks or a Kareem Hunt. I think either one would provide a very big spark to this offense. John disagrees with that but I think that they either one can provide a very big spark for this uh, offense. And it's all about getting right and getting hot and getting healthy at the right time. And I think that they, they can do that. Now there's a lot of work to do, right? Todd Bowles is really not getting it done as the head coach. Uh, he needs to really pick, pick a lane in what he's doing. Like, He's trying to juggle everything as a head coach, but like the defense is kind of faltering, I guess, without his true, like a hundred percent divided attention. And I think he needs to go back to that and just give the reins to like, I don't think Todd Bowles need to be in the discussion for really offensive plays. I, I know that might sound disrespectful for a head coach to not be involved in that, but when you have a guy like Tom Brady and you have a guy like Byron Leftwich, who Tom Brady has created a um, chemistry and a connection with over the past three years, I think you can give the reins over to those two guys and be like, okay, my offense is okay. I'm going to divide my undivided attention to that defense because that defense is struggling right now. It's struggling. And I think getting healthy at the right time is going to be really, really key for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. You know, I think uh, 
what the Tampa Bay offense is really missing. I think Tom Brady just needs to make a call to his buddy, number 87. And that dude needs to come out of retirement because that, that team is really missing a viable tight end that's going to make plays for you because the tight end position has been nearly non-existent in the Tampa offense. I feel this whole season when Gronk was in the fold, that was somebody you had to account for in the middle of the field because nobody ran a better, better route in, in between the lines than, than Rob Gronkowski running up the seam. So I think they're really missing Rob Gronkowski. I think they do miss Bruce Arians on the sideline a bit, but most importantly, this team is just still getting healthy. I don't feel like a lot of them are at 100%. I don't know if, if Godwin is at 100%. I don't think, well, obviously Julio is, is, has played, what, two games, one and a half games this season. So we, we haven't really seen Julio out there and what he's capable of. Because when you do have Godwin, Julio, and Mike Evans healthy, that's while they're, they may not be at 100%, that still causes fits for a defense. Those are three names that you're like, okay, you know, you got to be awake for. You can't double one of them because one of them is going to bite you in the ass. The running game, like Brandon said, is non-existent. I think throwing in a Kareem Hunt would be awesome. If, if I'm not mistaken, I heard teams are saying that he might be available for only a fourth-round pick at this point. So you really have to think, if you are a Super Bowl team and you're missing that, you know, that one-two punch in the backfield, Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt, that's not that's not a bad duo. But to, uh, enough on the Bucks because I do feel like they will figure it out. Ultimately, I still believe in Tom Brady. I believe in the GOAT. And that that's really all you need to turn this thing around. As long as you got him under center, things will figure themselves out. On the side of Baltimore, uh, I don't really look at this as a must-win game, as John said, for Baltimore. While, yeah, you want to win these games. This is a big game. It's Thursday night. You're going against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. You want to win this game. But Brandon mentioned that they're two and two in their last four. You know who those two wins came up against? Their division opponent. That's when you really have to win. This week, I really believe that Cleveland might do their dirty work because I believe Cleveland is taking on Cincinnati on Monday night. So, your job, Baltimore, sure, you want to win this game. If you can win this game, even better. But what's you'll be one game behind if you fall and Cincinnati wins this week. You're not that far out. You're still in the playoff race. And ultimately, I think Baltimore will catch their stride eventually. I think this is just a rough patch for Lamar. But they got a schedule where they, they got the Bucks, they got the Saints, then they got the Panthers, the Jags, and then the measly Broncos. So they have a lot of winnable games here. So... I won't panic too much on Baltimore. I think they'll be fine. I think both teams will be fine. But this weekend, I think I got, well, I mean, tonight, I'm, I'm going to have to roll Baltimore. It's time for Lamar Jackson to step the hell up. He was awesome the first three weeks of the season, but in the last four weeks, this offense has been terrible in the second half. And it's kind of funny because the Buccaneers' defense has been terrible in the second half of recent games as well. This game run all over, and the offense is not helping with um, – Byron Leftwich chain himself, he ain't being nobody if you're scoring three points. And that's a very good point. Coaching has a huge issue right now in Tampa Bay. On the Ravens front, Calais Campbell, Calais is out for this game. And Mark Andrews, questionable with his knee injury. Gus Edwards, questionable after a two-touchdown performance in his return. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters are both questionable. I expect a lot of those guys to still play tonight. But it's a tough game for the Buccaneers to lose the way they did last week. Now in a short week, the Ravens themselves have 
admittedly really struggled over the last month. I had the Ravens taking this one and certainly covering the spread at plus two. Moving on to Sunday night football, fellas. The Packers have never won in Buffalo. And truth be told, that is not changing this year in my eyes. I think as whew, they are heavy underdogs at, let me get this right. I've never seen this before in the Aaron Rodgers era. Just plus 10 and a half. And this Packers group has an issue anywhere you want to look. Play calling, discipline, attention to detail. The defense itself is conservative. And most of all, Aaron Rodgers is just not up to the task for mentoring these young receivers who are much further behind in their development than many of us would have hoped. Jay Ray, your big Buffalo guy, Josh Allen Stan, as a New England fan, I've got the question for you. Will the Packers cover this week versus Buffalo? Wow, this is tough because Buffalo, I feel, just smacks every team that walks into their home stadium. So I really don't want to bet against Aaron Rodgers in that way. But three straight losses, losing to guys like Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and and then Carson Wentz, it could have been four. He almost got Heineke. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Heineke. And he almost got zapped against uh, the Patriots not too long ago. So I, I'm going to have to say, yeah, I think I'm going to favor Buffalo. I think Buffalo ends up covering here. I could really see this being an ugly one. I think this is more – if three straight losses isn't a wake-up call, then maybe getting slapped by Buffalo this week will finally wake this team up because this is looking ugly. And they need to get this guy some help. Desperately. Desperately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that one guy that they don't need to go get, which has been rumored, is that apparently the Packers have talked, uh, called the Arizona Cardinals about A.J. Green. That would fix mean, it. What a, uh, that isn't that just a Packers, but like really, A.J. Green? I mean, this isn't freaking eight years ago, dude. This isn't eight years ago, man. They need to go get, respect need, to AJ Green. He had a nice. He year still last can provide, but he's not a number one. You need. You're right. They need to go get a DJ Moore. That's who they need to be calling about. Um, but listen, I said to John on Monday, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon. Um, not even bandwagon. Just I'm not gonna jump off the train of the uh, Green Bay Packers just yet. Just like I'm not jumping off the Tampa Bay train. I think Green Bay can make the playoffs as a seventh seed. And like I've talked about with both of you guys before, 2016 did happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, where they lost four straight games. And everybody was saying they were four and six, and they were saying, this ain't look good. And they were able to rip off six straight wins. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen this year. I'm just saying I think that there is a pathway for this Packers to start winning some games. Now, listen, they've got the Bills this weekend. This is going to be a tough week. But next week, they've got a little bit of a reprieve where they go to Detroit and they face the Lions. I think that they can win that game. But I'm going to say that I I think Buffalo is probably going to win this game. But I'm going to say if um, when we talk about this, um, either Sunday night or Monday night, I will not be surprised if the Green Bay Packers walk away and win this game because Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. And I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I'm shocked that Aaron Rodgers was able to beat uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. No, because I think that 
when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to get counted. You shouldn't be counted out of any game, regardless of what you've done the last three weeks, because he can have a great game. It, the, the old saying is what? Any given Sunday, because anything can happen on any given Sunday. And I know you can probably say, well, yeah, but it's not going to happen against, you know, the Buffalo Bills. It's, it's not going to happen. Well, I guarantee nobody, and I mean nobody except for the people in Carolina, and I mean the only got, diehard fans in Carolina believe that the Panthers had a chance of beating the Bucs. Nobody thought that would happen. Nobody. And that happened. Brandon, so the Bills are 5-1, are and one, and they've played two home games. Let me read you the scores of the game yeah. when they're at home. Uh, Bills versus Titans. Bills 41, Titans 7. Uh-huh. Uh, Bills Steelers, we remember that one. Bills yeah. 38, Steelers 3. Uh-huh. That's, that's what Can they're doing question? at home. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are either of those quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers? Okay, but how much better are those teams compared to the Packers? Again, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I said. Rodgers this year has been much better than Tannehill. Huh? Rodgers this year has not been much better than Ryan Tannehill. Okay, but again, would you be surprised? Like, so you you guys would literally be surprised if the Packers go in Buffalo and win and Aaron Rodgers has a great game. Yes. Like that would shock you? I've that watched the Packers me. team for a month now, and there are issues everywhere you look. Defensively, the quarter's coverages are way too soft. They're not getting to the quarterback. And if there's no pressure on Josh Allen, you're going to get slaughtered in Buffalo. Okay. Offensively, these receivers really have no connection with Aaron. And the best player in this offense is not Aaron Rodgers. It is Aaron Jones. And I feel like you can only get in the ball so much with A.J. Dillon this year, who, in my eyes, is kind of disappointed. I was expecting Dillon to take a step up. And really, he's flatlined into like a average backup back. And I'm really disappointed in that. This Packers offense is dreadful. And the can defense you guys is a supposed question? to win them games. Guess what? It hasn't. Can I ask you guys a question? Mm-hmm. Did you think the Jacksonville Jaguars last year were going to beat the Buffalo Bills? No, but you know, if I at wa- the same if time, that was also before. on the road. Okay, that's fine. That's still again that that so again, Josh Allen can't win games well, on I'm the not, road. I'm not saying that, but one of my biggest points here is that Buffalo isn't losing at home. Was Urban Meyer the head coach at that time? I'm curious. I don't, I don't remember. Was he the head coach at that time? Do you guys remember, uh, or was he gone I, by then? I, I want to say he was okay. gone by then, but okay, could that's be fine. Yeah. But it's still his his problems still seep through that locker room for that whole season. Um, but again, if I were to have told you the day before that the Jaguars are going to beat the Bills and they're going to hold the, Josh Allen to six points, you would have looked at me and said I was crazy. I'm telling you that Aaron, you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy if I say Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and have a great day and he can actually beat the Bills. I'm not saying they're going to blow them out, but can this be a shootout? No. Can this be 38 to 35? How can this not? Have you watched the Packers over the last month, my friend? Aaron Rodgers is not better than Josh Allen. The Bills are miles better. But if you look at these two teams and how they're playing right now, the Packers have nothing going for them. The Bills have been rolling. They are one of the two best teams in football. And most of all, the Packers this year have not won shootouts. That's not how they're going to play. That's not when they traded Devontae Adams this offseason and elected to take a wide, uh, not a a wide receiver, a linebacker in the first round over a wide receiver such as George Pickens and then a D tackle who doesn't play 
they were not going to have an elite offense. It's below average. And the defense this year has been slightly above average. This is an average football team that, number one, has not gained any shootout. And if this game is a shootout, it's them getting destroyed by probably 25, 30 points. It's not a shootout. That's a blowout. And but, I, I can't say – I'm sorry, Brandon, to start you off. But I can't say – this isn't a slight on, on Aaron Rodgers. I'm not dissing Aaron Rodgers because I do feel like – if there were better pieces around him, this Packers team might be fine. I don't think there's a team in the NFL that misses a player more than the way the Packers miss Devontae Adams. So mm-hmm. I, I really feel like it's just missing talent. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. a Rodgers thing. I think of all their problems, I don't think QB is their problem. I think the only problem with the quarterback is he's regretting staying in Green Bay. That's the only thing. But it, it's not a knock on Rodgers. I just can't see this team from what I've seen this year a team that's barely scoring above 20 points in a game to mm-hmm. go into Buffalo and, and, and beat Josh Allen. This defense really needs to step up because Aaron Rodgers can only do so much. If the defense is hanging 35, giving up 35 points, well, what can Aaron Rodgers do, you know, with that talent around him? I, I really Listen, don't think it's possible. This again, week. special teams again, not helped. Again, I think that you're kind of missing what I'm saying. I, I said the Bills are most likely going to win this game. Uh, I'm saying anything can happen and to act like Aaron Rodgers can't go out there, have a great game and the Packers can't win. I think that's a little, little much, but okay. I understand your points. The Packers have not played good at all this season. Nobody's arguing that the bills have looked great. Nobody's arguing that, but can a a green Aaron Rodgers led green Bay Packers beat the Buffalo bills. Yeah. I truly believe has has uh, Romeo Dobbs had his moments. Has he had a good game? Good games here and there. Yeah. Has uh, Alan Lazard had a good game here and there? Is He's Alan Lazard moments? doubtful this week with a shoulder injury? Okay. Has um, Tunyon had his moments this year? Look good. Aaron Jones has had a a good game here and there, right this year. Yeah, and they wouldn't AJ usually Dillon. when he's getting the ball. So a lot. can they? Can, can, so I'm saying, can these guys have a good game? Or are they incapable of it? Sure, we know they can have a good game, but it doesn't help That's either all that their best defensive you. players you. You agree, you got agree a concussion. With my point that, that, something, that anything can happen on any given Sunday. That's all I'm saying. Sure. I'm not arguing that the Packers are going to win. I'm saying I won't be surprised if they win. It's like a 5% chance they win this game. I would say lower okay, and I that. bet you, I guarantee we would have been having the same conversation last year if we talked about the Jags and the Buffalo Bills game. But that would have been even worse because I would have been voting on a rookie Trevor Lawrence who looked terrible up in there, a led team by Urban Meyer, if we know he was coaching he was. then, I don't know. He was, he was coaching that game. So Urban Meyer led team, that should tell you a lot. Sure. They went, they, Buffalo went to their house and they lost nine to six. It was raining. It was a, a rough game, but the Jags won. They held them to six points. And guess what? It's projected on Sunday to be raining. It is. So, the Packers are, according to Best Damn, 19%. Uh, that's their chance to win this game. And that's where Best Damn comes in. We want to give a special shout-out to the sponsor of this episode. When it comes to sports betting, you want to max your returns. And the best way to bet like a pro 
is with BetStamp. You get to have a variety of custom-built trackers so that you can see the progress. Most of all, you can understand the market and get the best bang for your buck because no matter what it is you're doing, you want to maximize the return. And if you're not using BetStamp, you're failing to do so. So if you like to check out the BetStamp app, be sure to try it out for yourself and let us know how you like it. Join us on the app and use our referral code at WISEGUYS, W-I-S-E-G-U-Y-S. Thank you to BetStamp for supporting us. And as always, back to the show. So on Monday night, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be going to Cleveland. And this is going to be a very good game. ASU North, primetime. The Browns still don't have the quarterback, but they're trying to prepare the team with a decent record. Until then, Jacoby Brissett has not played well. And this Browns defense itself has been very lackluster, given how much talent is on it, especially young guys coming and stepping in. The Browns should have, much like the Packers, a top 10 defense. And yet this year, both of those two units have massively underperformed. I blame it at large to coaching, scheme, discipline, and a little bit of injuries play a role in that as well. So going to this game, the Bengals are only favorites at 0.5, so half a point. I'm a little bit surprised, but this should be a close, good game, given what's at stake here and how well these teams know each other. Jay Ray. Who do you have taking this matchup? You know, Cincinnati has been riding high. Joe Burrow coming off of probably the best game of of his season uh, just this past week. Nearly 500 yards passing, if I'm not mistaken. Dude went absolutely crazy. And I think Cincinnati's rolling. But walking into Cleveland on Halloween, this is a spooky one. I can see see the Cleveland Browns taking this one. I think Cleveland is a lot better than than what we thought they were going into the season. And while their two and five record doesn't exactly show you how good they are, games against Baltimore losing 23 to 20, right there. Games against the Chargers losing 30 to 28, right there. Games against the Falcons, 23-20, right there. Their season could be totally different if they just had another quarterback under the helm. And guess what? We're getting closer to that. We're getting closer and closer to seeing that. I think this is the week. I think Cleveland pulls this one out. I think Cincinnati's still good. I just think uh, this is one of those games where you're just feeling so confident. You ride in there high, and uh, you just get slapped in the mouth because you, you think you got it, and you don't. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to roll with Cleveland. I think it'll be a close one. No, 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 no. Nope. The Bengals are not losing the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. In, on Halloween, like you said, Justin. Thank you for reminding us. I, I didn't even realize it. Um, talking about scary things, the offense of the um, uh, not Cleveland Browns, um, Cincinnati Bengals have looked very scary. Uh, they're starting to click uh, since that first game that he had uh, against the Steelers uh, early in the um, first game of the season. Uh, Joe Burrow has been Absolutely phenomenal. I think he's only thrown one interception, if I'm not mistaken. So for me, I agree with Justin with the, with the Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I do think that Deshaun Watt, they are a quarterback away. And when Deshaun comes back, it'll be a different team. But I, I, again, I don't think it's this year. I think it's next year that they're going to be that team going forward. I, I don't think uh, Cincinnati can... Really, I know they can afford to lose this game, but I don't think they really should because it, it 
you got to keep this, you know, hot streak going. You don't want to have this bump in the road where you lose to Cleveland and then you're, you know, coming off a little bit low, a lower of morale. Uh, one thing that has been phenomenal for the Cincinnati team still, and I brought this up a couple of weeks ago and it's still true because they've gone through the last couple of weeks. This defense has yet to allow a touchdown in the second half. That's big time. That's, that's championship material right there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Cincinnati. I, I think – and, listen, I picked Joe Burrow to be my MVP this season. I know he's not getting talked about like Josh Allen, like uh, Patrick Mahomes, and even Jalen Hurts to a little bit lesser of extent now. But, listen, Joe Burrow is balling. And if he keeps this up, he's going to be in that conversation still. So, who they say going to beat the Bengals? No, no. Last week, so you said that I last week, and lost. Yeah, and they it. lost. They lost. They lost. Who are the Bengals beating? The Falcons, the Saints, yeah. the yeah. Dolphins. In the mm-hmm. primetime game, Tua was not. You're not out allowed of. to use that. You're not. You're not allowed to use that argument. The Jets. With you're not Joe allowed Flacco. to use that argument. You're not allowed to use that argument. You know why? Because you said that the Philadelphia Eagles are a championship team, and look at their schedule too. Sure, but the Eagles were convincingly handling those games. The Bengals have allowed a lot of these teams to come back into matchups. Burrow was phenomenal last week. And really for Cincinnati, we know what they're capable of. Offensively, it's probably the most explosive unit in the league outside of Miami. And with Burrow, I think it might be more explosive. Defensively, DJ Reader may not be back this week off of IR, which he has been on the last couple of weeks. And Trey Hendrickson, best player in that defense's status, is unknown at this current point. The Bengals are going to have a real test this week. If they win this game, they're going to win 11, 10 games this year, at least, probably 12. But if they lose this one, it changes everything in this division. Like you said, I think it was you, Justin. The Browns right now could have a much better record. Like any team in this AFC North, it's going to be very tight, and it's going to be down to the last wire for all of these squads. One single play can be the difference between the Steelers being 4-3 and three or 5-2, and two, or being two and five for Cleveland at this current point in time, it's the same exact thing in recent weeks with both of their lineups, the offense and the defense, both of their units just not playing as well as they did to begin this season. I had the Bengals taking this game. I think it's going to go down to the fourth quarter and Joe Burrow make some of the timely throws and hey, maybe he'll get himself into that MVP conversation if he's not already creeped into that you you guys don't like taking these upsets, man. I, I love the upsets. I, like I said, I got to stick with Cleveland here. I think I did Fuck decent on my pick him this week, too, so... He did I was the one, win. literally, last segment, just saying that the Packers could win. What are you talking about? Yeah, but about? did you pick the Packers to win? You know what? I will pick the Packers to win. How about that? Jesus. Okay. I'm going to come taking the put, Green put Bay Packers. Put them in your pick see, em for see, me. No, no, no. Time out. I will put it in the pick them. See, time out. You, you, you say, you come at me, and you say, oh, you guys don't have the balls or the courage or your conviction to put it on. I just put it on me, and then you just started laughing. So don't, you can't have it both ways, all right? I'm putting my stock, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are going into Buffalo Sunday night on Hallow's Eve, and guess what? The Bills are not going to get a treat. They're going to get tricked because Aaron Rodgers is going for, I'm not going to go that far, but they're going to win the game, right? How about that? Have you guys ever seen that commercial of this group of friends, these young friends, and uh, they're running away from like this serial killer? And they go hiding behind the chainsaws instead of yeah, the car. Sure. Yeah, 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 that's going to be the Packers this no, weekend. No. That's going to be them. No, Josh no. Allen is right behind them. No. 
Yeah. Nobody's scared of Josh Allen. Oh, this guy. All right, John, do your thing. New around here, he is a Patriots fan. So starting off, we have the Denver Broncos going to Jacksonville. Ah, this is a game. I have to take the Jags here. Russell Wilson should be back, but he has not been Russell Wilson this season. Say it's in um, London, man, Wembley Stadium. Great points. I completely Good missed that. Night. No, that's actually Australian. That's my bad. Apologies to all my British folk out there. Um... You have the Jaguars, John, you said? Yeah. Take them this game. I mean, this is kind of home away from home for the Jaguars. They've kind of uh, – London has kind yes. of been their, like, place. Uh, and that really has to do with uh, the owner, Shahid Khan. He's got um, uh, ownership stock in um, Fulgram, I think, a soccer team, if I'm getting that right. Uh, but, man, this is – I mean, I don't, like, I don't like – I don't like that um, – Russell Wilson is kind of like being a t- – I know it's rightfully so because he's not playing well, but, man, I, I root for Russell Wilson because I root for great players. But this is such a tough game. Uh, give me mm, give me the Jaguars. I'll, I'll just go with the Jaguars. This one makes me laugh because I don't know if you guys have seen the reports of Russell Wilson working out for four stretching. hours on the plane. He's stretching. He's stretching the legs, man. Doing yeah. high knees up the aisles while people are sleeping. <laughs> I don't know. That's this. This is getting a little excessive. Get ready to go. I, I don't even want to root for the Broncos at this point. And I loved Russ, but I, I can't go for it. I'm going to go with the Jags here. Like Brandon said, home away from home. I think uh, T-Law actually had a pretty, pretty solid game against the Giants last week. I just couldn't just couldn't execute at the end. Oh. Uh, I'm going to roll with Jacksonville. We should probably mention that this game is going to be on ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus? ESPN Plus is what it says, so 9.30 in the morning. Good point, good point. Next up, we have the Carolina Panthers going to Atlanta. Falcons' rough loss last week was not a good start to the game, whereas the Panthers made the upset of the week beating Tampa Bay. Give me Atlanta. This is the week they bounce back, and the Panthers, you know, show us they're still one of the three worst teams in the league. Yeah, I think Atlanta takes this. uh, They're favored by four and a half, and – yeah, they've looked much better than Pat. I think last week was just an anomaly game. Uh, Atlanta's going to win. Are you taking Atlanta? That, don't we have, don't we have a bet on those teams? That that bet died when Baker Mayfield got injured. No, I mean, like, you won the bet. But oh, my, okay, okay. My, 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 like, stock and passion in that bet died when Baker Mayfield okay. got injured. So, so I guess we all know where I'm going here. I'm going okay. with ATL. I'm going to roll with the Falcons this week. I think Carolina is a very bad team. And even though they did sneak one out against the Buccaneers, uh, that's just an anomaly. I think uh, this week they get their ass handed to them by Atlanta. But Brandon, Peter Walker is better than Baker Mayfield this year. So if anything, that should only support your bet because the Panthers' defense is round into shape like you expected. One game. They're still running the football very well after trading CMC. I mean – you should have a little bit more stock in them if, if it were up to me. So much stock, right? Next game up, up Chicago man. going to Dallas. Bears, massive upset on Monday night, whereas the Cowboys didn't have the most convincing win over the Detroit Lions. I have to take Dallas here. Chicago really still is one of the worst teams yeah. in the league. Come on, baby. Let's go Dallas. Um, I'm picking Dallas to win. I don't care that they didn't have a very impressive week last week. It was a get-back game, get-right game for Dak. Uh, 
I think he's going to get better as the time goes. I think Dallas's defense is a top three, top two defense in this league. Uh, they just made a move for Johnny Hargrave. Johnny Hargrave, I believe his name is Jonathan Hargrave uh, from the Raiders. Not that big of a move, but he's a good, uh, he's a big body nose tackle for them up front, which they've been sorely missing because they're rushing at, uh, defenses. God awful. I think it's bottom five in the league. Um, but yeah, I'm taking Dallas here. It's in big D and I'm going to, um, I'm going to say this now. I'm going to retract something that I said earlier um, in the season. I said, no team in the NFC East can win a Super Bowl this year. They won't win a Super Bowl. I retract that statement. The Dallas Cowboys have a chance to win a Super Bowl this season. What makes you say that? The head coach? Because they have, no. The quarterback? Because they have Dak Prescott. Right. You're going to stop interrupting me so I can answer your damn question. <laughs> because, one... Micah, 11 from heaven, is on that defense. You got Trayvon Diggs, one of the best corners in the league. Demarcus Lawrence is playing very well. Vanderesh has come back to life after having a couple bad seasons. Um, the rest of that secondary is playing good. I know they just lost Jordan Lewis, which kind of sucks. He's one of their, you know, uh, I think he's either number two or three corner. But that defense is still legit. I mean, when you got Mike, if you're in a passing down situation with that defense, good luck with that. Good luck with that. That's why the Dallas, I, I told you guys about the Dallas Cowboys play a certain style of football. If they get down, it's not going to be good for them because then that defense is going to be getting run all over. But if the Cowboys can play with the lead or make this other, make this team have to pass, it's not looking good for them. And then yes, like they have Dak Prescott back. And I'm a believer in Dak more than a lot of people. I, I do believe in Dak's intangibles. I believe in his talent. And I think Dak can uh, help lead this team to a Super Bowl, especially, I mean, the O-line is getting better and getting healthier. Zeke is going to miss, Zeke is missing this game, actually. We should, we should say that. I think he's out this week. But Tony Pollard has been really good, so I don't think they're going to really miss a beat there. C.D. Lamb, hopefully they can get a connection better going. Michael Gallup is we, we don't mention him that much because he's really not been a factor that much this season, but hopefully he can get a little healthier as the season goes. Dalton Schultz, maybe he'll get back soon, but I do. I, I, I like this Cowboys team. I don't like their head coach, but I like this Cowboys team. So it's hard to win a Super Bowl with a good quarterback. That's not great. And a head coach that's always going to leave you in the dust. Next game up. Hold on. I didn't, I didn't pick for this. Oh, one. He didn't pick. He didn't I didn't pick. pick. Uh, listen, I'm going to roll with Dallas here, but let me just shout out the Chicago Bears because we've crapped on them so much this, especially in the beginning of the season. The team is three and four right now, and they could easily actually have five wins if you look at their schedule. Um, while I don't think they're a great team, last week just showed you exactly what they can be if the offense is centered solely around Justin Fields. They rushed for 243 yards against the Patriots in Gillette Stadium. I think this is a sneaky... This is a sneaky game where I think Chicago can pull this one out. I see Dallas favored at uh, nine and a half. I would hammer that home for the Bears. I would take the plus nine and a half all day because I think the Bears might actually be in this game. I find them losing it, but I think they might actually make a play. So I'm going to roll with Dallas. And give credit where credit is due as well to the quarterback in Justin Fields, who has ripped off much better performances 
the Bears can run the football very well. They're going to be, you know, less dynamic through the air. But Khalil Herbert is one of the most underrated change of pace options. And without Robert Quinn this year having anywhere near the productivity as he had last year, 18 and a half sacks, the team record, now been traded to the Eagles, this defense has still put them in a position to win games. Mm-hmm. And it's not a unit you can overlook on a week-in, week week-out week basis. Next game up. I, will, I just want to say the last thing on the Bears because I didn't speak on them. But if they do keep running the offense like they did against the Patriots, which is the very college-style offense, which is – favorable to Justin Fields it's what he ran in kind of Ohio State with the option plays bootlegs getting him out the pocket letting him use his legs as his uh, major weapon then you actually might people the 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 Justin Fields believers might actually have more of a leg to stand on with that uh, talk that they're talking about with Justin Fields so I mean good on the Chicago Bears for actually you know using an offense to help favor their quarterback and make him look in a better light their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, has done a, a good job this year. I think maybe a little bit better in the red zone. Next game up, Dolphins going to Detroit. I can't go against Tua and this Dolphins attack. Slow week last week, not good in the rain. But this game is going to be played indoors. And I think this Lions defense isn't quite ready for the storm that's about to come. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, John, I didn't. I I turned the Steelers Dolphins game off. I think like in the third quarter or whatever, because I just good to hear. Into yeah, I I had to go to sleep. So I was like, I'm just gonna get my sleep. I don't care. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, I heard Tua. I don't know if you watched it in its entirety, but I'm pretty. I heard Tua through like four turnover worthy plays. Four, yeah. yeah. So that's not very good. Um, now this Detroit defense is worse than your Steelers defense. Well, the Steelers, so they gonna, not do a good job on those plays. No, um, but I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win this game because I think that they just should win this game. If um, And another thing that I heard about uh, the game, Mike McDaniel made a bonehead play by going for it instead of taking the three points and putting them up two scores and then giving your Steelers a, a shorter field, if I'm right. Sure. Yeah, I thought – Yeah, so – I thought the Dolphins did a fine job and – they're going to roll into Detroit and get an easy one. Jay, ready to give us your pick? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as easy as you guys think it is. Uh, while the Lions in their last two weeks have scored a combined six points on the road, taking on the Patriots and the Cowboys, this is how many points they put up at home. Their last game against the Seahawks, they put up 45 in a loss. Before that, they beat the Commanders, they put up 36. And then their season opener where they put in 30, put up 35. I think Jared Goff struggles against very good defenses. And I don't think the Dolphins defense is one that's going to strike fear in your hearts. I think the Lions end up coming out with this win. They're at home. I think they put up big points the same way I do think the, the Dolphins do. I think the Lions come out with the win here. Xavier Howard has not practiced with the groin injury. I think that's the only, even he has not had a great season himself and he was much better last week. That's a, that's a surprising pick. Next game up, the Arizona Cardinals are going to match up against Kirk Cousins, not on primetime football, but they are going to Minnesota. I think this is going to be a high-powered explosive affair. Kyler Murray last week it wasn't the, the best moment on Thursday night, cursing out his quarterback, uh, or his, his head coach, my apologies, and they are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. I think they cover. I do, and I do think this is going to go down the wire. Give me the Vikings, though. 
Ah, man, this is a tough game. You know what? I'm going to go Arizona. Uh, I think, like John, I agree with his points about I think this is going to be a tight game. I think this is going to be an offensive game. Uh, give me, give me Arizona. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Arizona. Yeah, I'm gonna take Arizona too. D Hop is back, baby. He is back, and he looked good last week. And I think he's gonna look even better against a poor Vikings defense. They gotta stop. Uh, Kyler shouldn't, he, he shouldn't force feed uh, D Hop like that though. He's gotta spread the ball around a little bit more. Very fair point. Next game up, Las Vegas going to New Orleans. The Saints starting quarterback this week is Andy Dalton, not based off of Jameis Winston's health, but the health of the offense, according to Dennis Allen, which is a nice way of saying we don't want Jameis to be our starting quarterback. And I do not blame him because Andy Dalton has been better this year. All that being said, I've got the Raiders, a better football team, and they are better coached. Dennis Allen this year has done a poor job. And the Saints, that's how drafting Chris Olave did not have a good offseason by any stretch. Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore are banged up. You can't go up against Las Vegas this week. They're getting better. They're going to improve with a new head coach, a new scheme, and it's only a matter of time before they start to rip off some wins. Yeah, give me uh, give me Vegas. I think um, the Saints team has been very disappointing this season. Um, give me Ve- but the Raiders have been as well. But like John said, they are looking a little bit better. Um, they're taking baby steps. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Raiders. Uh, I, I, give, me, give me a damn Devontae Adams huge game, please. I Just give it to me. Damn it. Yeah, Go I'm going gonna, gonna to roll with the Raiders. I think they're playing a lot better football. I mean, they should have three straight wins. They almost squeezed that one out against Kansas City and Arrowhead. I mean, every single one of their games, they almost squeezed out. I think this is one where they hopefully – should ride through comfortably unless Taysom Hill finds a way to score another three, four touchdowns. Give me the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are a good football team. I don't think we look at them the same light as a Broncos who are two and five. They have Max Crosby, an elite pass rusher, and a few other players in that defense who are more than good enough to hold them over. And offensively, Darren Waller's injury surely have not helped them this year, but it's a good football team in my estimation. Next game up, the New England Patriots are going to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, where they're still two and a half point favorites, in spite of getting schmacked, shellacked. First, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears hunt up over 30 points on New England. We don't know what Mac Jones or how much he's going to play. BCAP. No, we do. Okay. He, na- he was named the starter. We'll see about that. BCAP, how are you feeling about this game that you said the, Pan- the Patriots would win by a lot? Give us an answer. The Patriots. Now, like all, 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 um, all, uh, don't rush me, John. Right? I'm talking about my team now. You asked me the question. Now, all day yesterday or the days leading up to this, I was going to come on here and I was going to basically not disown my Patriots, but say I'm not getting fooled by you anymore this season. And I've kind of, I've kind of stayed on that. I'm not getting fooled by this team anymore. After once Mac went down, I said that this team is not going to uh, make it. Well, not make it to the playoffs. Yeah, I just said this. This season's over. It's a wash. We're on to next season. We're going to get like a top fifteen pick and whatever. I'm back on that. I should have never dropped off it. I got fooled. I got bamboozled by Bill Belichick. I'm not. It's not going to happen again. I'm not getting fooled or tricked by this team again. Okay. 
that was an embarrassing loss on Monday night. I, it might be the most embarrassing loss that I, as a Patriots fan I've ever seen this team take. And that now I might be forgetting some games. Okay. But, but that just, that one hurt a lot. We're going up a, against a Chicago bears team. that has been ass. Okay. Their offense couldn't do Jack Diddley squat. And our defense was playing outstanding the last two weeks. If you just take everything into consideration, it was an abysmal loss. It was embarrassing. We got embarrassed. And that 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 should not happen. Okay. And, and then Bill just doing this stupid stuff with the you should have if you were gonna, if you were gonna do that, where Mac Jones was gonna play three drives, regardless of what he did, if he went three straight drives, three straight touchdowns, regardless, and you were gonna pull him, you should have never played him. He should have never been playing if you were going to do that anyway, because it just sends a bad message to the locker room, to the fans. And, and another thing, Patriots fans, what the hell is wrong with you people? This kid, 15th overall pick last year, everybody was on his, you know what? They were like, oh, we got Mac and Joe's, Mac and cheese, baby. We got Mac and Joe's, man. He's the next Tom Brady. And you're all chanting for Zappy the first time he starts struggling this like, what are we doing, man? We're the New England Patriots. We, we shouldn't be doing that. And it's, that's embarrassing to me as a Patriots fan. I'm embarrassed to be a Patriots fan for them to start cheering for Zappy. You're going to kill this kid's confidence. And that's one of the most important things for, honestly, any walk of life is confidence. If your confidence starts getting chipped off and you still and you start letting that little voice in your head start getting louder and louder and you start listening to it, that's bad for anybody. So, uh, listen, I said that the, they can do whatever – the Patriots can do whatever the hell they want this season. I'll still pick them if I need to pick them, whatever. I'll pick them against the Jets, but I have really no no care whatsoever. My mood is I'm on to 2023. I'm on to a top five cap space next year. I'm on to a top pick in the first round next year. That's what my mindset's on to. I'm not getting fooled by this team anymore because that was an embarrassing loss. And I'm embarrassed to be a Patriots fan right now, uh, but I will pick pick the Patriots. But I could, I couldn't care less to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, to add on to what Brandon said, I mean, to pose a different question, you guys don't need to answer this now. Maybe you guys want to answer this at the end of the show. Uh, do the Patriots have a problem with Mac Jones? Uh, over his last six starts, Mac has a record of one and five with nine interceptions thrown to only five touchdown passes. This season, he has six interceptions to two mm -hmm. touchdowns. Uh, maybe I have there's an answer, bigger Justin. problems in New England than we think. With that being said, uh, this week, I think the Jets also have questions at the quarterback position, too. Right now, I think their leading passer, while Zach Wilson has played more games than Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco still has more touchdowns and more yards than Zach Wilson. I don't think the playbook has opened up. Losing Brees Hall, I'm going to roll with New England here. Um, I honestly don't think that Zach Wilson, the way he's played this season, can go up against the mind of Bill Belichick. So I'm going to roll with New England this week. Now, Justin, what you just said towards the end of that, opening the playbook, right? And there's the problem with the New England Patriots offense. And I had my suspicions about it. And then I saw a tweet from Dan Orlovsky, who I have very high respect for and his football knowledge. And he confirmed my suspicions. They're running a different offense with Bailey Zappi on the field. They're letting Zappi do more. 
They're holding Mac back. They're not trusting Mac to do what Bailey's at. You're telling me Mac Jones couldn't make that play Bailey's happy made to Jacoby Myers, which was a terrible pass, by the way. Terrible pass. Jacoby Myers had to do a full like 180 to catch that pass. And then the pass to Ramondre on the wheel route. Mac Jones can't make that wide open pass. Mac Jones can't make the throw to Devontae Parker that Bailey threw. Wasn't Mac the starting quarterback when Nelson Aguilar had that great game against you guys, John? Did he make that throw to Nelson Aguilar? But like, what are we talking about? Patricia, Judge, whoever the hell is calling the offense. Open it for Mac. Do the same thing you did to Zappi that you do for Mac. I don't understand why you're holding Mac back and running a different offense for him than you are for Zappi. Zappi doesn't have a stronger arm. Okay. Mac is bigger, not by a lot, but he's a little bit bigger. I think accuracy wise, Mac has a better accuracy. And I think when your offensive coaches don't have the trust in you and you start feeling that as a quarterback, you're going out there with what, what I said earlier, less confidence because these people aren't believing in you. And I remember Justin saying earlier that Mac is a big why guy, right? He was asking questions. Why is Matt Patricia calling out? Why is that? You know, he should be. Any quarterback under any circumstance, if he's getting two guys who have never coached offense in their entire lives, he should be like, why the hell am I listening to them? What do they know that I don't know? I know they've coached longer in the NFL, but they haven't coached offense. They haven't coached quarterbacks. So he should be asking questions. This is, this is bad for developing a quarterback. And I need Bill to, I, I need Bill to, you know, start like it, I understand you like these guys, but it, mm. yeah, it's not good for the future of the franchise. That's it. It doesn't help Yez have the most average receiving core in the NFL to elevate that quarterback. We look at the development of franchise guys, Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill, AJ Brown. Now we saw he did in Tennessee and now Philadelphia. The Patriots need a guy that they can look at as a true number one. Next game up, Steelers at philadelphia fellas 10 and a half point underdogs the steelers disrespect has gone too far this is a very competitive football team but without tj watt the most expensive player in football on the defensive end the reigning defensive player of the year the steelers team is below average but in each and every single week outside the buffalo game and the cleveland game as well wasn't great the steelers have had chances to win kenny pickett is playing well right now and i know a lot of people are let me say john seven interceptions three turnover worthy plays the fact of the matter is kenny pickett's doing a very good job moving down the field getting the offense going and rolling the way it really wasn't with mitch trubisky the problem with pittsburgh is a lack of identity they don't have anything they can lean on in the red zone and matt canada is a moron i'm not trying to be disrespectful but when your best offensive player is george pickens and not once I've, i swear i cannot recall one time where george pickens got on the ball in first down you have really no idea how to elevate your talent, number one. No creativity, no deceptiveness. You're not fooling the defense. They know what's coming. The Steelers are saying, look, we have this talent, and we have a good quarterback that's trying to make the most of the situation. Go beat us. And what our defense is doing, they're smacking them. The Steelers get off the slow starts. The Steelers do not score in the red zone. They struggle to run the football, which after taking Najee Harris in the first round, if you take a running back in the first round and then a quarterback the following year in the first, and you have the second worst de- second worst offense in football, and I repeat that, in spite of those two things, you still have the second worst offense in football. It is a coaching issue. It is a lack of identity. And for Pittsburgh, 
you know, they're not going to fire the offensive coordinator midseason, but they're failing Kenny Pickett. He has no structure, no scheme he can lean on, no running game, and a below-average offensive line that gets costly penalties in the most important moments of games. And while everyone's going to look at the numbers of Kenny Pickett, I'm telling you right now, this is a franchise quarterback. He has the deceptiveness, or he has the decision. He's a very good runner. He moves well. He can throw across his body, and the kid is going to take shots. Most of all, these interceptions, they're not going to interrupt with his moxie. Kenny's doing a fine job right now. And George Pickens, I'm expecting to get back into the red zone or back in the end zone this week. Probably not in the red zone, but I got the Eagles winning this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I got the Eagles winning this game. And plus, uh, the Steelers' disrespect is is going way too far. Plus 10 and a half, I'll hammer that home. Steelers ain't going to get blown out like that. Yeah, um, I think uh, I'll take the – I mean, it's a battle of Pennsylvania. I wonder what the record is between the Steelers and uh, Eagles all time. But battle of Pennsylvania, you know what I mean? Um, but, no, I, I, anybody saying Kenny Pickett's interceptions is, you know, him playing – bad. I mean, it, he's a rookie. He can make his mistakes. It's better to get that out of the system now and see what he can, you know, get away with and what he can't get away with for the future. Um I mean, people really want to forget that Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his rookie year. It, it's fine if he's a rookie and he's th- turning the ball over. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, uh, Philadelphia is going to win this game. I just think they're a better team overall right now. Sure. Better. And Brandon, so did <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Um, so I think if you're a Steeler fan, don't overreact. The Steelers have a lost season. They lost their best player. The coach mm-hmm. and the offense is inept. So Kenny Pickett can have these issues in his first season. I'm happy to see him out there making progress. The Steelers are not a perfect football team, and they never have been. But can Kenny Pickett improve and take better care of the football? His last interception, I will admit, was god-awful, where he could have ran for a first down and decided to throw a ball into a window that just wasn't there. Outside of that one play, he played a very good job, very good game, a decent job around the offense. But Enough of Kenny Pickett. We've talked about him at Lib. Titans are going to play the Texans this week. It's a division game. A Texans team that is trying to run the football, attempting to take care of it, though they haven't done a great job, and win with their defense. Titans have a very similar formula. I have a little bit more faith in them. I trust their head coach, Mike Vrabel, to win close games. I'm expecting it to be very up- uptight. Titans are only two-and-a-half-point favorites. Give me them. I don't know if they... No, they should cover if it's two-and-a-half. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Titans. I've been riding with the Texans a lot on these pickums. Uh, this week, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to roll with Tennessee this week. I think I, I gave them a lot of crap in the beginning of the season saying I didn't expect much of this team. And here they are sitting at on top of the, uh, the AFC South. So I'm going to continue to roll. I'm going to roll with Tennessee this week. I think they're going to beat the Texans, and I think they'll cover that. Minus two and a half, that would be an easy cover. I guess that's my bet of the week because I feel like that's a guarantee in my mind. So now the AFC South has kind of moved to, I think, um, the Jaguars and Titans fighting for first place. Remember when I told you guys the Titans could still win this division and they are the safe bet? The Titans have always been the team with the high floor. They're going to win nine games, maybe 10 if Tannehill can continue to play the way he is. And the fact of the matter is you can't override a team that has – one of the five, six best coaches in football, and a lot of really just guys they can lean on with their identity. The receivers mm-hmm. are improving. But the fascinating thing with this division is this last week, let's let's say how it is, Jim Mercer steps in and has 
Frank Reich bench Matt Ryan, who does have a grade two shoulder injury. But the fact of the matter is, the Colts, their season's done. The offense has been abysmal. And it's not because of Matt Ryan. The offensive line has been bad. The running game has not been consistent. Part of Jonathan Taylor being injured and part of the O-line not giving them the necessary gaps. And the receivers have actually been pretty good. Michael Pittman went healthy, and Alec Pierce this year stepped up admirably for a day-two pick. At the end of the day, this Colts team needs to look into the future. When you look at franchises who have no continuity at quarterback, the Denver Broncos, the Carolina Panthers, the Washington Commanders, who they play this week, and themselves. They've had a different starting quarterback for each of the last five years. In the NFL, the Colts have had success when they get the first overall draft pick and find the quarterback of the future. But since Andrew Luck retired, they've been in a tailspin, much like the commanders following Alex Smith's injury. And at the end of the day for them, this is the right move. It's a tough pill to swallow after giving up day two pick and investing into Matt Ryan. But he's 37 years old. He's not the future of this team. At best, you have one more year with him. And at this point, Matt Ryan's a low-level starter. So this week, I'm rolling with the Commanders. I think they continue to build off of their win from last week, whereas Sam Ellinger in Indianapolis, I don't know how well he's going to do. But he did play well in the preseason, for what it's worth. I'm taking the Commanders. I like Taylor Heineke. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This game is... I'm not really going to watch this game if I'm going to be honest with you. I'll probably tune into 49ers Rams at 4 o'clock. I'm going to roll with the Indianapolis Colts. I think that Sam Ellinger is going to just inject some kind of spark. I think now they got a mobile quarterback. They have to account to something else. Uh, Sam Ellinger is a winner. And while this is a new level, this is the NFL, and it's yet to be seen if he could win on this level. I'm not saying this guy's the future, but much like Taylor Heineke has provided a spark for Washington in his certain moment in time where he was uh, as a starter, I think Ellinger is going to have that impact. It's a home game. I think Colts fans are, are, are sick of what they had been seeing. I think they wanted to see something new. I said it earlier in the season. I would much rather watch Sam Ellinger than watch Matt Ryan. And now's the time. Now's the time. I'm going to roll with the Colts here. I think they'll win. It'll be a close one, and I think it'll be a fun one, too. So I think, Brandon, I think maybe you should tune into this one. It might be entertaining football. It is funny. I had that clip, Justin, and I said to myself, this is just way too soon to post this onto our social media pages. I'm going to wait, but I still have that clip (laughs) in my external, and I think I'm going to look into posting it. But yeah, Sam Ellinger can move and just adds a little bit of variance to this offense, giving Frank like giving Frank Reich different looks and more variation in the play design. I think this can give the Colts, like you said, uh, a little bit of life. But at the end of the day, they're waving the white flag in their season. Frank Reich said, "Oh, we're not waving the white flag." Yes, you are. It's okay. You can just say you are. Um, <laughs> next game up, 49ers going to Los Angeles. The question is. Can John McVay and Matt Stafford finally just beat Jimmy Garoppolo for the life of God? And not lost, I'm going to be honest with you, Brian, I don't think they are. Christian McCaffrey is going to have another week in this offense, a little bit more variance, like the word I used before, using a lot here. I think this 49ers group is just getting healthier, and as always, they have the right formula to best your Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, um, 
I mean, they did just get blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs, but, you know, that's fine. Um, now I'll take the Rams here. Um, obviously, it's not looking good. Um, so the, the they've never – Sean McVay's never beaten them in the regular season? I'm, I'm, I don't think so. No, it, it was the only deep uh, playoff game, right, that he beat them? Um, okay. Yeah, I think – Listen, I believe in this Rams team. I think it's very similar to the Packers and Bucks, but I think that they can get it together. Um, I think, uh, listen, Allen Robinson actually has looked um, – they're coming off a bye this week, right, Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah, so, okay, that's even better for them. Uh, they've had a week to really, you know, work out any troubles that they still have. I'll take the Rams. I think it's going to be close because it's a divisional game, but I think the Rams are going to uh, – they need to start getting it together. I mean, three and three is not going to cut it. But, yeah, unlike John, I believe the Rams can still make the playoffs, and I still think that they can win this division. They just got to get it going. Yes, the 49ers got destroyed last week versus Kansas City. But in this matchup against a much worse team and a much less consistent one at that, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will have a better performance. So, yeah, I, I got a lot of faith in my 49ers. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna roll with San Francisco here too. I don't gotta harp on it too much. You know, I've been high on the Niners. They had an ugly week last week. They'll be fine. CMC's in the offense. And man, that would be so nice for me to see if the 49ers sweep the Rams, because then I would not have only just won our bet, Brandon. I will have dominated our bet. What do you mean you dominated? <laughs> that was the bet. Is that they would sweep them? Yeah, I know. I, I I won, but if they sweep, oh, that would make me feel so much better. Oh. Let's go, Niners. And to be fair, they have had two bad weeks, Brandon, because the Falcons' loss was very upsetting. But they're getting healthier. Debo was out yesterday in practice, but getting Trent Williams and Nick Bosa closer to what they are, which is the two best players in this team, that is absolutely huge. Trent Williams has been resting in practice. I think this 49ers team just needs the right string of health, whereas the Rams need the right string of depth and actual balance on on both ends of the football, which is what makes them, to me, a fake playoff team. Last last game up, the New York Football Giants six and one. No one thought that was going to happen. Going to Seattle, where the Seahawks through seven weeks have been the best team in the NFC West. Geno Smith going up against his former team. Remember, he was the one who took the start for Eli Manning, which ended his starting streak. This is going to be a good football game, I believe. Two teams that have been well coached and two teams that are balanced. I'm going to have to do it. I've continued to bet against these Giants, and I've seen this comparison. The Giants are this year's 2019 20, or 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not going to beat very good teams, and they are very limited. Maybe a top 10 team at that, but when it comes to winning close affairs, the coaching, the defense, and the running game gives them the type of support, whereas the Seahawks... DJ, DK Metcalf banged up, Tyler Lockett banged up, your only running back is Kenneth Walker. I think the Giants can pull this one out and start the year 7-1. and I think the Giants win this one, man. And it's I'm t- just the same way you're tired of the Steelers' disrespect, I'm not going to take the Giants' disrespect. The Giants were underdogs going into Jacksonville last week. I said, that's ridiculous. They were going to win that game. They did. This week, they're underdogs. They're pl- plus three. I'm taking that one again. I'll 
you sent you guys my ticket so you can see, but I'm, I'm rolling with the G men here. Seattle's a tough environment. I expect this one to be a close one. I expect this one to also be a shootout. I think both teams are going to score at will. Expect a big day from Barkley. Expect a big day from Daniel Jones and, and Darius Slayton. Same thing for the guys like Kenneth Walker and Geno Smith on the other side. But ultimately, as John said, I think uh, it's going to come down to those little plays at the end. And I think Brian Debel's going to just come with some trick play that's going to ice the game for the Giants, and they'll they'll come out victorious, seven and one. Oh my gosh, uh, unbelievable! I can't wait to see the paper on on Monday morning. <laughs> nice. Right. So, remember when you said the Panthers would clear the so Giants? So I'm gonna take. Um... Alrighty. Okay. So, quick question, John. I wanted to know. Do you guys want to mention? So we we're doing our pick 'em now. Uh, you want to throw in those tiebreakers? Let's do it, boy. Boy, sorry. Let's do it, J-Ray. Okay, that was very weird. Okay, <laughs> moving on. So what will be the score of Cincinnati at Cleveland Monday Night Football? J-Ray. I got, like I said, I had Cleveland winning the game. I have them winning a close one. 27 to 26. Walk-off field goal. Minus 27-24. Game-winning field goal as well. Okay. in Cincinnati? Yes. Correct. You guys both have Cleveland winning, right? I have, I have no, Cincinnati. I have Cleveland. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Green Bay versus Buffalo. I'm going to be honest with you all. I think the Bills win this game 36 to 13. I have 36 to 20, Buffalo. This is getting weird, Jared. <laughs> same, same picks. <laughs> Who will score the least amount of points this week? Some of the options are the Bears versus the Cowboys, Panthers versus the Falcons, either of those two groups, and Broncos at Jaguars. In London, DeLondra, I think the Broncos this week scored the least points in the league. Broncos, I got the Jets scoring the least points. I wouldn't be surprised if they scored three points or less this weekend. Okay. Um, you wish. Nah, wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Yeah, we're on this attack, so you're all coming down. Who will score okay. the most points this week? Some of the options are Bills versus Green Bay at home, the Eagles versus the Steelers, we'll see. And then I think the last of the three would be Cardinals-Vikings because that can be a high-scoring affair. You know what? Give me Minnesota. I think they rip off 38 points and edge out the Bills who I have scoring 36. Give me the Lions putting up a 40-piece this weekend. That Dolphins defense ain't that bad. 
That's pretty It'll good. Be a it's going to be a shootout. Both okay. teams going crazy. I'm big on Javon Harland. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that much. Cool. Just watch. That's okay. The Steelers' defense is so limited at the cornerback position, and the edge rush has been so inconsistent. It really rides on Cam Hayward and Minka. But we have to give a special shout-out to Terrell Edmonds, a player that I said had a big make-or-break at season this year, has been awesome for the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of their three or four best players on the team. When he was out versus the Bills, we got absolutely mauled. And he's just brought a steadying presence, very much improved, uh, very good last week, broke up a huge uh, big-time play opportunity, a Tyree Kill pass down the field. I love what Terrell Edmonds is doing right now. But Jay Wright, I want to have one last topic of the show. It is about Jalen Brunson and your New York Knicks. Big time win last night in overtime against a Charlotte team that without LaMelo Ball is basically a, what do you call it, like a, a group that shouldn't be in these close games. And hmm. you guys, it, it went to overtime. It was a little bit too close for comfort. How are you feeling after Jalen Brunson's very strong start in New York? Oh, it wasn't the prettiest win. It was ugly. But a win is a win at the end of the day. So I'm very ecstatic, man. If you're watching Knicks basketball right now, one thing that you're seeing is change. And you can see the impact of an actual point guard just impacting this game. You can see it. It's clear as day. Yesterday, 27 points, 13 assists, and seven boards. Not only do we just have a point guard, but the guy showed up as a closer. He shut the game down in overtime. Well, granted, this game should have never went into overtime. We should have won this one in, regu in regulation. Um, but it, it's just good to see this team coming together because we have that point guard at the helm. Uh, shout out to RJ Barrett. Dude's making his free throws. He said he wanted to address that in the offseason, and it certainly looks like he has. Uh, Randall's playing. He's in shape. Mitchell Robinson was going crazy. It was a block party yesterday. IQ is looking good. Obi is looking good. This team looks fun. Uh, just I'm telling you guys, man, get into Knicks basketball. I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun ride. While for Knicks fans, we might pull our hair out every now and then. If you're just a casual NBA fan looking for entertaining basketball, this is where you want to go. Jalen Brunson is looking legit. This New York Knicks team is going to be exciting. I'm pumped up, man. I know it's early. I know it's four games in, but give me some hope. I'm not going to jump on that one yet. Ask me at the end of November. <sighs> yes, that Easily. I'll say. Easily. Nine. I don't think we're that far out. Atlanta. Atlanta and Toronto. Yes, Toronto was seven, Atlanta eight. Okay. Much like Trey Young. I think we're better than the Bulls. So I really do think uh, we're really not that far out. We'll see what people become throughout the year. Let's continue to see. Like I said, Obi Top is my most improved player. If he continues to improve, IQ is getting better. Uh, Cam Reddish getting some valuable minutes too. He played 25 minutes last night. And if RJ continues to improve, maybe we are a playoff team, but we'll see. Much like Trey Young, RJ Barrett's been very cold from the field. But hey, so far the fail shots are going in the Obi Toppin most improved with pick looks good. Uh, not that he's putting up crazy numbers, but he's just been playing very well right now off the yeah. bench. With all that being said, thank you so much for watching and staying to the very end. This was episode number 43. Be sure to check out Best Damp link in the description. And as always, Three, two, stay classy.